When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. Today's episode is sponsored by TK Horses. You can find out more information on them by searching TK Horses on Facebook or Instagram. We are super grateful to have them as a sponsor and we appreciate all of the previous sponsors that we have had. Um, Like I've mentioned in the past couple intros, we are going to change up the way that we do sponsorships. This year we are looking for people who want to sponsor the podcast year-round. So if you or somebody you know is interested in being a yearly sponsor, please send me an email and I can answer any questions you might have about that. My email is cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, let's dive right in. This episode is part two of my interview with Clay Rogers. If you haven't had a chance, check out part one and get caught up. just say the coolest place you've ever been horseback is yeah i don't know been a lot of neat places um on babbitt's a really pretty place is um we got a trail that we trail from cedar ranch up a ridge and it's um not two miles pretty just an old cat track and it's straight up and down on both sides. And the further you climb, you can just see all of the east side of Babbitt's plumb to the Colorado River. It's just Gosh. beautiful, especially in the summertime and it's green underneath you. I'd have to say that's my favorite place on Babbitt's. And then I was at the Diamond A's and they had some really pretty country over there up on top up in the cedar trees and they'd get as high as the pine trees in some places and you know and then even i don't know there's lots of neat places little colorado river is a pretty neat place even though it's full of tamaracks but <laughs> it's kind of an adventure everywhere so i can't put my finger on it yeah. <laughs> just one place so yeah that's good. So, I don't know if I could put my finger on one place either. Yeah. So as long as you're on a horse, going somewhere, it's, I think it's kind of neat, no matter where it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What would you say the biggest wreck you've ever been in was? Um, the biggest one I've been in that I don't know how I survived. We were cutting shipper cows out at the Diamond A's. And this one cancer-eyed, for sure a Hereford, 
kept trying to run back in. And so we'd get her cut out and she'd run back in and get her cut out. And so finally I had enough of it. And so I'm running right beside her and we're going fairly fast. And she just ducks right under my horse. And so she trips me, the horse. And when she does it, my um, left leg got hung between the horse and the cow. And so when it all come down, come out, I was underneath the horse. The cow was under the horse. And that horse, he was a bad to kick, great big horse, horrible to kick. And so he just gets up and just starts kicking with his back feet and finally gets the cow kicked out. And then it, pretty soon I get kicked out from underneath him and I'm laying there on the ground and I get set up and my stepbrother Heath comes running up there, slapping his chap leg, telling me to run. And I'm just thinking, did you see what happened? I am not moving. <laughs> and I look behind me and the cow's getting up, oh. coming at me right there. And so I kind of roll out of the way and he gets in between and gets the cow away from me and I crawl to the fence and... So I just got over breaking my collarbone and got released to go to work, which I've been working the whole time. But the doctor said I could go to work and <laughs> rebroke it again in two spots, and then another spot, same spot, and then another one. So that one was the I would feel it was. I hear lots of people die from them kind of wrecks, and I'm just thinking, man, yeah, good Lord was decided it wasn't my time yet. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. You guys raise a bunch of horses here, right? We do, so yep. Do you do you always ride the horses that you raise? We do, yep. Our our primary goal is to um, raise horses for the ranch, and then we'll keep a few more mares and then just sell a few. But that's our number one goal is make sure that the cowboys are mounted first. That's cool. And then we worry. Then we'll go ahead and mount the public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sell a few <laughs> horses. Is there a particular bloodline that you like to stick to? We like the driftwoods. Yep. We like the foundation driftwood bred horses. Is there a reason why? You know, I feel like all the different ones I've ridden, the driftwoods, in my mind, seem the toughest. And as we was halted breaking some colts, we were laughing because there's a couple of them that's out of some old driftwood studs. They feel like they got a bubble around them. They don't want you getting in that area. And I said, that's why cowboys get along with drifters, because cowboys have bubbles <laughs> around themselves, and they don't like people getting in their bubbles, so that's why we get along so good with the horses. Uh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and they, they are tough. I mean, we, we only, during the wagon, we'll work just five days a week, five head of horses for the wagon guys give them two days off, but I mean, we'll ride the horse all day long. So they've definitely been, they've proven themselves to being tough. Yeah. Yeah. We brought some cutting blood in, some play gun stuff, and they just, they didn't seem, they were good horses. They don't want to take nothing away from them, but they weren't, they weren't at the caliber of the, the driftwoods. Interesting. Yeah. How many do you have to? How many of the colts do you have to keep, and then how many do you sell every year, or does it so just it, depend? It varies. You know, we got roughly fifty mares, and so we don't. Well, there'll be, we'll have a few open ones. So we try to keep nine to ten horse colts every year. 
sell the rest of them, and two to three replacement mares is what our, is what we go for. Okay. Sometimes we might put an extra colt in the sale just because we got too many fillies in it or something. <laughs> Keep an extra filly and sell it later on. Yeah. Yeah. Was that started? Um, was the horse program started the same time the cattle program was? Like clear back when they first started buying. You know they've always raised horses, but to say that they had a sure enough program would have been in the early '60s probably when they finally got with AQHA and they helped them um, register all the mares because before then they didn't have any. Oh really? Yeah, they were just great mares and great horses and whatever horse they had was good enough and so and then bill he kind of started a little bit more of it and then vic he really went off with the horse program i feel like is when that really took off and selling the colts to an auction and because before then it was a they'd put their names in a hat and they draw a name out, and that person gets this horse. And, oh, really? Yeah. So it was fun, but they didn't have many people coming to it at that time. Yeah. And then Vic really helped it take off. And, do you have a lot of people show up for that sale? We do. You know, there's there's some years there'll be um, three fifty to five hundred people out here. Wow. And you might have only. 30 buyers but it really attracts because we open it up and that really brings a lot of Flagstaff people out here to see what we do and kind of keeps that connection between between flag and us and and today's society you you can't fight (laughs) you can't fight everybody so (laughs) you might as well try to to do your best to Uh get along with them and let them see what you have going and yeah. Yeah. So. We've always, well, me and my dad, and we've always wanted to come and stop by when you have your horse sale, but we yeah. haven't made it yet. Yeah, Maybe you guys one should. of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's a fun deal. We try to sell between 20 and 25 colts in it, keep it small, and then feed them a little barbecue after it's over. Barbecue sandwich. And, yeah. When yeah. is it this year? It's always the second weekend in July. Of July. Every year, yep. What is your advice to the next generation? Um, my advice to the next generation would be don't lose tradition. Tradition and the ranching agriculture is the most important thing that you can have because the way today's society is getting... It's moving so fast that everybody thinks they got to move with it. And in the ranching industry, you gotta you gotta keep your roots and your tradition and real and realize why you're doing it. And then you and just make it better for the next generation. Is your main goal is instead of thinking about what you got going today, think about how how I can make it better for the next person that's coming along. I but like keep that. the same, same traditions. Yeah. Are there any things in particular that you've been doing that could make it better, like for your kids coming up? Um, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, Vic, he, Bill, 
he trained, he changed it a little bit from Frank Banks and Vic, he might have tweaked it a little bit from when Bill run the place and I might change a little bit, but I think if always told somebody if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the ranch is run on a there's been a lot of good men that's taken care of this ranch and helped it succeed. So I don't don't see nothing I really want to fix because there's really nothing broke out there. So yeah, tell them to keep the four wheelers in town. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, how do you define the word cowboy? Honest and hardworking is how I would define the word cowboy. Don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, honest like and hardworking. For sure. What would you say the secret to success is on this ranch? The secret to success on this ranch is knowing who you are and what you want to do and then stick with it. Don't, don't change just because somebody else thinks, well, you might need to do this, you might need to do that. Just, just be who you are every day and then go with it. And that's how the, everybody's done on this, kept this ranch going, and, and honesty keeps it going. But yeah, the main thing is just know who you are and go with it. I like that. Would you say that cowboys today are as good as they were back in the day? I think they're better, yeah. I, I don't want to say too much, but... um what what the guys and I've talked to older guys that's punched cows their whole life and they feel like what's helped cowboys today succeed is the quality of horses have changed that's the main thing is when like my dad was a kid and then even his dad I mean there were just horses that bucked and run off and and it took longer to get the job done so I feel like the caliber of horses definitely has has improved the cowboying skills for sure. But then to say there's there's lots of old timers that they knew what a cow was doing before she even got up that morning <laughs> trying to explain that to a young kid you gotta know what that cow's doing before she decides to do it. It's kinda kinda hard. That that part of it's kinda disappearing. But I would have to say that the the horses definitely made the job a lot easier. How would you say the caliber of horses has changed? Like what brought that change on? A lot of that has to do with um, ranches changing with the times and the times changing and accidents happening. And people are like, we cannot be sending somebody to the hospital once a month because of a horse. You just can't, you can't afford it. You can't afford to work in this comp. You can't. Yeah. And so more ranchers have like, they've done more work on trying to find good horses, but um, horses that aren't so cold back. Cause that, that's how I feel like it's changed. Like even Babbitts, I mean, we're, if, I mean, there's, there's a horse that's going to buck. I mean, that's what it is. But if there's one that's just, Sure enough, wants to be an outlaw, then he's he's out of here. 
versus the old days. They liked seeing them. And they liked having them outlaws around. And, yeah. yeah, sticking keep someone it, on. Keep it Western. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's changed a lot. Um, what would you say the funnest thing you've ever roped was? I don't know. Roped an elk once. Really? Yeah. A bull or a cow? Cow. Yeah. But, uh, like a full-grown one? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. But I don't know what the funnest thing. I guess I roped a, I roped a steer one time that I was riding a horse. He was as good as 16 hands tall, and that steer was basically stood next to Right below my swells in my saddle. He is a monster. We we caught two of them, and we had a an eighteen foot gooseneck trailer, and we could only fit two of them in the back of the trailer. So I, that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, <laughs> they had to be side by side. Couldn't turn them one way or another. Gosh, it was a it was a half top trailer that we we had to add about a foot to the sides of the half top because the cattle were jumping out. But, <laughs> And their backs were level with that, so yeah, they were Gosh. big old neat, neat looking steers. Where'd you catch them at? Um, up on the Glow Branch. We was helping the Forest Service try to. They got some cattle that been running in there that come off of the Supai Reservation, and so they were wanting help trying to. So we'd Gosh. go up there and try <laughs> to help them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What are some of the best horses you've rode? Going back to horses. I don't know. I'm kind of like my daughter. I love them all. But, I have that problem. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about that question the other day. What was the best horse I've ever rode? And I can name the worst horses I've ever rode. But Well, let's do that then. That could be fun. So I had one horse that you had, a, you had to pick a hind leg up on and take a dally around your saddle horn to get off of him. Really? Yeah, I didn't like him. And I had a mare I started that I'd have to tie the leg up underneath her, tie the right leg up underneath her belly and across to the left side in order to get on her. And she would try to kick you and bite you. She is evil. <laughs> evil. Huh. Um, did they stay that way or did they get over it? No, they weren't. They, they stayed that way until they died. The one committed suicide, <laughs> run off and hit the side of a barn. His neck. Yeah, the mayor, um, Vic, decided that he didn't like her anymore, so he sold her, which was good. Um, I had a horse at Diamond A's I started. I called him um, Dr. Jekyll because he turned into <laughs> Mr. Hyde. <laughs> he was actually very scary to ride. So, but for the most part, I've ridden lots and lots of good horses. Yeah, it's hard to stick my finger on just one who would you say some of the best guys you've ever rode with are would that be going back to the same question i asked earlier yeah or? yeah some of the best people i've ridden with them um, as a kid growing up working around bill he's a very intense man but he is a phenomenal cowman a person person learned a lot from him he was quiet and then then around Vic and my dad, they were very educational. And then I worked um, with a guy named Chip Dixon. They're Diamond A's. I worked for him. He was he was 
a really good cowboy. Taught me how to track cattle, and he was a um, phenomenal tracker. He tracked down a mountain lion, and I don't know if you're familiar with Wikiup or Baghdad area, Mm-mm. Kingman. Kind of. Yep, and so you go south of Kingman, kind of in the bigger mountains, and oh, track okay. the mountain lion down through the mountains and killed it because it had killed. He found a fresh kill on a calf. Gosh. So he's a phenomenal. Without dogs, just tracked Without it. dogs, yep. Just tracked it a foot through the rock pile. and. Dang. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. he was pretty neat to work with him, too. How yeah. long were you at the Diamond Days? I was there a year. Yep. Come back and went to, when I left Texas, I come back to Babbitts, and then I left Babbitts and went and worked in Wickenburg on the desert for a little bit, and then went to the Diamond A's and was working there. And then Vic called and offered me a job to come back and run the SP ranch. Okay. And then that's when him and or his daughter and I got married about a year after I come back here. Would you say that your experience working in different places has helped you now? That It has, because nobody works their cows the same. And so being able to get out and see how everybody else kind of does things and then put them into your own kind of a way to do it is, is a really good experience, I feel like. I feel like a person needs to kind of get out there and just see what somebody else does. Even if it's right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. Somebody <laughs> said you can always learn something from you the can, people yeah. you meet. Even if yeah. it's not what you don't want to do, exactly. you'll still learn something. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as you decide you're done learning is when you go backwards. So, yeah, I still learn something new every day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure. Looking back through the different places that you've worked at, um, do any memories in particular stand out to you? Um, you know, when I was at the Bokeas, that winter of 04, it um, snowed about three foot, and so we was gathering remnant, and that was a lot of fun, and it was cold, but, <laughs> yeah. And then as a kid growing up here, there's a lot of memories, learning learning how to drag your first calf and and then working around. There was always lots of different cowboys coming in and out of here all the time. And so that was lots of good memories of them people. A lot of good influences A lot around. of good influence, a lot of bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly good, but there was, there was a time or two, there was a bad influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you first started helping? I was about nine when I first got to go to the wagon. Come, um, Bill let me go, so it would have been 89. Let me go through the Brandon wagon as soon as I got out of school. And so I was wrangling horses. It was my job, wrangle horses and then help the cook, wash dishes, and then drive the Brandon truck. So Bill, he he taught me how to drive a stick shift. That that's a funny memory. <laughs> how was, old were you? Then? I was nine years old, and I I might have even been ten, but it was a stick shift pickup. And so he says, "You know how to drive that?" And I says, "No, sir." He said, "Well, get in." So he takes me around, shows me the gears, 
And then he gets out and goes around and he says, get in. I said, okay, now take off. And so I'm going and I get it in third. He says, good job. And I said, what's the D for? They said, well, that's drive like blankety blank and you're not going to drive like blankety blank. <laughs> So don't use it. <laughs> I said, okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I turned around and take him back to his pickup ride. I think I started it off with third gear, just barely got going, but I made it to the... <laughs> but I always remember that. That tease for driving like blankety-blank. Don't you ever do that. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, then he wrote me a check because they still let him... Um, write checks to the cowboys and so at the end of the wagon he gave me a 75 dollar check oh i'm so proud of that check i was, didn't even want to cash it that's cool <laughs> yeah. uh, well i think i've asked all the questions i was meaning to ask but if you have anything else you want to share like please feel free to share it while we're on yeah i, I really can't think of much sure thanks thanks for doing this yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your time. It's been yeah. fun to meet you. Yeah. yeah, you guys too. That concludes my interview with Clay Rogers. If you like what you're listening to, please leave us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, check out our Instagram page to put a face behind the name to everyone we visit with. Our Instagram is at cowboystories underscore podcast. And one last thing before I let you go, we've teamed up with Grip Clean to give you a discount on your order from them. If you haven't heard of Grip Clean, they're awesome. Check it out at gripclean.com and use code COWBOY10 to get a discount on your order. See you in two weeks.